Rob, and I'm a grateful compulsive overeater. Uh, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Positive Recovery Meeting on Saturday morning, October 2nd. Isn't that great? It says there's never an end to change and to growth. You know, I hope so. I hope that's true because I don't like where I am right now. I, I need to move down that road a little bit further. You know, there's always room for improvement, growth, and change because without those, when nothing changes, nothing changes. And stagnation for me is that next step to um, isolation. You know, uh, I do like change. I fear it, but I like it. You know, I'm afraid of what the ramifications of something are. But even back in the day when I'd rearrange the furniture in my room, you know, I'd like the change. Same furniture, same room, but there was a little bit different. It, it added a little spice to it. Later on in my career, I, I was really a person where everything had to be checklisted, everything, all procedures documented, all the I's dotted, T's crossed. And sometimes when new products came out, they brought a lot of fear. And um, we were always able to move past that. My, my wife read something recently where 85% of the things we worry about and fear and dread don't even come true. So I started accepting these new things and I found out it was fun and you could rise to the challenge of that stuff. Yeah, you, you may be exposed. You may not be able to be perfect. And, and for us perfectionists, you know, especially me, that, that's, uh, that's a change right there. It says, I often think in the midst of pain, if I can just get through this, I'll be fine. You know what? I've been doing that lately. When the going gets rough, I think, okay, that's it for right now. Let's see if we can bridge this. When uh, a lot of things converged back toward the end of my time with the other group, um, one of the ways I dealt with the stress was increasing some medication, some I'd never taken before. And I'd been working to um, get off that. And um, the interesting thing is I can feel the feelings. I know what they feel like. And I say, okay, that's what I am now. Let's see what it's like later. Let's see what it's like tomorrow. There's a peace or a calm that can come over one, especially if I'm not at the limit. When I'm at the limit, that's very difficult. If I'm below the limit, it's a lot easier. I, I spent a lot of life right at that limit, you know, where just the littlest thing can flash you up into the red zone. You know, um, the pro cyclists talk about this red zone. They can go at like 99% for a long, long time, but they get into the red zone and they'll crack. They'll break and they can't go anymore. They have to manage that. They have to manage the energy. But then our reading goes on to say, but no sooner do I get through that, another problem shows up. And the process begins again. I learned in the other fellowship, you know, that's life on life's terms. Things are going to happen. 
We can use the acceptance reading. We could use the serenity prayer. We have tools and mechanisms that we can employ. We can reach out and call people. We don't have to be alone unless we want to be. We have a choice because we're members of a fellowship. That's um, a real blessing for me. Um, sometimes if I didn't have people in program, I don't know where I'd be. Well, actually, I do. I'd be back in the living room in that horrible chair, looking out the window, thinking about how horrible my backyard is. And somebody's really got to do something about this. Yeah. How far can I go, the reading says. And then it says, beyond my wildest imagination, quality of my life has no limit. I lose sight of that. It's true. It's been true. Things can prove. The more you work it, it seems like the more blessings and gifts are laid out. But my disease wants to take it back. My disease doesn't really um, stay the course all the time. You know, if, if I were only like a racehorse with blinders on where I can't see the left or right, but I have a wide peripheral vision and I'm easily distracted by a lot of things. And I want to do a lot of things all at the same time. And there's not a lot of focus. There's not a lot of focus, especially after I retired. You know, I used to love multitasking and do 30 things at once and the hair's on fire while the wing got shut off and shot off and you're, you're flying the airplane. You got to bring it in. You got one eye going because of the flash that just happened. It's adrenaline. It's life on adrenaline. When I retired, I had no value and purpose. It just wasn't the same. You know, I wasn't going to the firehouse every day and putting out a hundred fires and have people screaming in my office and, you know, sales selling something that's impossible to implement. Oh, you can't, you can't confuse the sale with the install. We're here to sell stuff. Yeah, let's sell something we can actually give a customer. How about that one? I don't know how hard it is. See, but that all went away. And, and I just sat in a chair and went, okay, this is it. In the big book, there's a story about a man who abstained for decades. He retired. He got out the pipe, the slippers, and he was dead in four years from alcoholism because he let it rip. He just let it rip. And that's what the disease wants. It wants to kill us. And if it can't kill us, for me, I've said it before, it'll take me fat, drunk, and stupid. It'll take me into isolation. I will not be serving others. Life will go around me. I'll live vicariously for, I live, will live vicariously through reality television. Looking at all these lives and being in them because I'm not in my own. That's where I was. Life is going on around me. I could see it coming and going. I wasn't part of it. I was in a bubble. Actually, I was in a prison that I built for myself, brick by brick. Little mortar. Row after row. Till you can't see outside anymore. It's very dark there. And um, 
it's not easy to get out. That's what I found. And we read in the big book about building a new foundation out of mortar and brick, the right amount of sand. And it's a solid foundation. It's on bedrock that we stand on, and it's our spiritual fitness and our connection with a higher power, however we define that. That's where the hope comes in. So that foundation can be built from the dismantling of the prison cell. As that's torn down and the wrecking ball swings and light comes in, we can repurpose those materials to build a new tomorrow. And that's one day at a time. But I can lose sight of that. And then sometimes some of those bricks start getting stacked again in places they shouldn't be. And Rob 2.0 goes back to maybe Rob 1.9. I called that version linebacker Rob. It had to be in charge. That had to wreck everything that's coming in from the offense. That was all over the field. Taking on whatever challenge or whatever came through until they couldn't anymore. how it was with food it was my friend until it wasn't and i'll tell you if i would have wrote a list of things back when the craving and obsession was lifted for food uh it's about six years ago if i would have wrote how i would like my life to have gone it i would have shortchanged myself our higher power has something better than even we can imagine like our reading says today that i've seen that Do I lose sight of that too? Yep. I'm a human being. It says, for today, do I draw conclusions such as, I am always like that. I can never learn that. It says, now that I'm living one day at a time, I can take always and never out of my vocabulary. I like to say, I used to say, I have to do something. I have to do this. I have to do that. Now I can say, I get to. I get to do this. I get to do that. I can do this. I can do that. My oldest was a perfectionist too, growing up. And um, very bright, very well read. And they were having trouble in school. Upon investigation, we found out that they would write papers for school and crumble them up and throw them under their bed because they weren't perfect, so then turn nothing in. It was an endless drive for perfection, and no credit was better than an A-. minus. That's a tough place to be, and maybe they got that a little bit from their dad, but one of their favorite words was, I can't. Phrases, I can't. You know, it's too hard. It's too big. It's too challenging. I won't do it right. I had a lot of those voices. So if we could take, I'll add to always and never, I'll take the, I'll put the word can't on that list because we can. We can. Why not? And if it doesn't work out, that's okay too. We'll move on to something else. Acceptance isn't liking it. 
It's accepting it. We don't have to like it to accept it. I'm trying to do that more and more. As some of you know, and I'll close with this, I've been working on this insane stove project. In the old days, pieces of that stove would have gone down the driveway or gone into the pool or out a window or gotten bent in half and I'll show you stove. Now it's like, okay, another part wants to fall off or be dirty or snap off. I know where to get more. It's okay. You know, it's just going to be another day. Amazing what you can do with overnight shipping. But I don't have to get angry and take a sledgehammer to the stove. There was a gentleman across the street when I was growing up. He'd had a disagreement with his wife over the washing machine. He's a rather big man. One day, I saw both of his front doors open, and there he was, carrying the washing machine off the ground. And he threw it off the porch onto the driveway. And he turned to his wife and said, I got some great news for you. You'll never have to use that washer again. And he went and bought another one. Quite a display. See, I don't, I don't have to be part of that display today. You know, as much fun as something like that is, I just don't have to. I have a choice. My sponsor said there can be um, a jerk in any encounter, and one of them doesn't need to be you. Isn't that great? Who knew? I thought I had to. Just, just because I minored in sarcasm and degradation and rudeness, I didn't have to practice. Anyway, thank you for letting me share today. 